So, like I said, I'm the student pastor, and uh, the, over the past couple of weeks, we started the series with students on Tuesday nights. Uh, we, the students gather here Tuesday night, and we go through Bible studies, and we hang out, and we play sardines, and it's this, it's this game that they really, really love. But uh, we started the series called Counterfeit. And uh, who has heard of the word counterfeit? Who in here knows what counterfeit means? All right. All right. It's similar to maybe a knockoff, like a knockoff bag or a knock, something you own that's a knockoff brand. All right. It's not the real thing. Uh, any, all right. Anyone heard of the word or know what bootleg is? All right. You know what it means when, it's, when something's bootleg. All right. I, I was talking to students about this message uh, last week or so, and I asked if they knew what the word bootleg was, and none of them knew what it meant. <laughs> so the story I'm about to tell didn't make any sense to them because like, what's bootleg mean? What's it mean? So uh, I have this aunt, all right? She, uh, her name is Aunt Pat. Her name's Patricia, but we call her Aunt Pat. And uh, she would go to New York all the time. And she loved going to the infamous Chinatown, all right? And Chinatown is known where people can get the fake handbags that look really, really real. So the first couple times that she went, uh, she uh, came back and she said, look at this. I got this uh, Chanel bag uh, for really, really cheap, all right? And it's very, very nice. And we're like, Pat, that's not a C, that's an E. And the Louis Vuitton bag that you got, the L and the V are upside down. And we just made her feel so silly for spending all this time of going and looking for through Chinatown trying to find all these bags. Well, so she stopped doing that, and then later, uh, so she went off from the knockoff bags, and she stopped, but she would continue to go back to Chinatown, and she would find bootleg movies, all right? And I don't think she knew that they were bootleg. It was movies that were not released out of the theater yet, so she was like, oh, that's so cool. My nephews will love it. So we would get bootleg DVDs one after the other, all right? So there was this one particular time, and I'm going to embarrass myself because of what the movie was. But before I get there, I have, so when I was telling this to students, they didn't understand that back in the day, which was pre-COVID, that you would have, the movie would be in the theater for six months, and then you'd have to wait another what felt like a year for the movie to come out on DVD. Then you'd have to be at Walmart right on time to get the DVD before it sold out, all right? They don't know what that's like. They had Redbox, now they have Netflix, and now movies release on streaming services at the same time that they're in the theater. So this didn't make any sense to them. But we were really excited because there's this movie that came out. The first two movies, it's about a high school when they break into song and dance, all right? And so <laughs> I'm embarrassing myself here, but me and my brother were really excited. The first two movies of High School Musical released on Disney Channel. You'd have to wait up uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night, and they would release this movie for the first time. Well, the third high school musical movie did not release on television, all right? It released in the movie theater. Well, I didn't know that. So me and my brother are here Friday night, 7 o'clock, ready to watch third high school mu musical movie. We're still in elementary school, and uh, it doesn't come on. <laughs> in terms of finding out, it was releasing in the theater. So my aunt was like, no, 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 no worries. I know where to get it. <laughs> and we're like, oh, great. And, like, bootleg movies then are very different from what they are now. 
Because now they film with a fancy iPhone, and it's not, it's not terrible. But back then, it was the flip phone, and the camera was a little, a little square. So the, we get to the whole part of Vanessa's telling Troy she's not going to be in the musical. She's going to college early. It's a, it's a, it's a real tearjerker. And then someone starts screaming in the movie, all right? And all you see is the iPhone camera pan to the left, <laughs> And there's a fight scene happening. <laughs> so for a very long time, High School Musical for me had a fight scene in it, all right? It was very ghetto, <laughs> very, very bootleg. But uh, that, I just remember, like, all the time we, we, we saw Madagascar and Cars, all these movies. She was like, you're going to love it. It's not even out yet. I'm like, well, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that as Christians, we do this with our faith, all right? We, we, we calculate and we learn how to perform as a Christian. It's a bootleg and knockoff counterfeit. It's, it's how you can make something that's not the real thing look just like the real thing. And what we do is it's, it's fake. And as Christians, we learn how to make this perfect-looking Christian up, and we act out a Christian faith. But in reality, we may know a lot about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, but we don't live it out, and it's a fake faith. It's not real. And so tonight, I want to look at the importance of not having a fake faith, and I want us to be encouraged to take a step towards real, honest, and personal faith. Uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to flip to Matthew chapter 7, but before, while you're flipping there, I'm just going to pray really, really quickly over tonight's sermon, and uh, so just bow your heads, close your eyes. Uh, dear Holy Father, thank you for this day, Lord God. Just be with me, Lord. God, I pray right now that it's not me speaking. God, I pray right now that it's you speaking through me, Lord. Bless this time that we have together. In your name we pray. Amen. So Matthew 7, verse 24. Um, we're just going to read through this scripture. If you'd stand in the honor of God's word. And it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them down, put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You may be seated. So, what does it look like to have a fake faith? It can look like it can look several different ways for many of us. It's not the same for everyone. Maybe we find our fake faith slipping up because we're going to church tonight because you want to be seen, because you're you're here to socialize with your friends. You want people to know that you're a good Christian, so you're going to church, so you're coming to church to be seen. That's part of having a fake faith. Maybe it's uh, talking a certain way or using fancy church words to sound really cool. That's having a fake faith. When I, tell, when I was talking to students, and what I see with students is that they believe something because their parents believe it. They believe a something a certain way because they were mimicking and imitating it from their parents, but they never grow into having a faith of their own. And it looks like a fake faith. Another one that I see with students and even adults is being one way at church and being a completely different person, whether it's at school, at work, at home, in your marriage, with your coworkers, is that you're one way here and then we live a totally different life outside of these walls. 
part of, when I tell students, it's part of becoming adult is moving from a faith that someone else's to a faith that's your own. And I think that doesn't just apply to students, it applies to us. I remember being invited when I moved down to Mobile in college and I was invited to church for the first time. I was really just now beginning to really, what does it mean to go deep into God's word? And for, uh, I remember when you go into church, they invited me, I think it was Cottage Hill, and for a long time, I would mimic what they were doing. How did they do their quiet time? How did they, how did they write in their journal? What, what notes did they take? How, did you take? how do you take notes? And I thought that's what it meant to have a real authentic relationship with God. Now, don't get me wrong. Those things are very good. But it's not having a real authentic faith. It's me just copying someone else's. So we have to be careful not to mimic someone else's faith. So we're going to look at how people grow when it comes to the spiritual side of life and how God moves our faith from something we hear about to something that we live out. God wants you to grow in your relationship with him, and he wants it more than you do. He wants it more than I do. He desperately wants us to want a relationship with him. And sometimes trading a faith that we're copying, trading in a fake faith for a faith of our own, a real honest faith, is actually uncomplicated than we could have ever imagined. So how do we do it? How, to, how do we move our faith from knowing, just knowing about it to doing something about it? So in Matthew 7, 24... Uh, uh, it takes place during this famous message that we've all probably heard of if you've been in church. And it's the message called the Sermon on the Mount. And now in this, in this, uh, in this message is a list of things Jesus talked about. Um, and it wasn't about earning a relationship with God. It was about what people do when they have a relationship with God. About how practicing these things makes your faith more alive, more honest, and your life more full. And so a lot of times people get this list confused of, all right, if you live this way, it means you're a Christian. If you live this way, you're going to earn your faith. Now, don't get me wrong when we dive in a little deeper. These things do not save you. Living a life of faith does not save you. We do these things because we are saved, because of what Jesus has done in our personal life and because that encounter we've had with Jesus. That's the way, that's why we live the way that we do. So verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. All right. Jesus mentions two big ideas here. And if you want to write these down, you can. Two big ideas. Hearing his words and putting them into practice. Hearing his words and putting them into practice. They go together. Listen, if you and I don't do any of the things Jesus talked about, if we, if we claim to be saved and we don't look, and, and our life does not mess, match up with what he's saying, it's, a, it's things that reflect an actual change of heart. Our faith will be fake. Jesus is saying that there's more to our relationship with him than just hearing his words. Hearing and following are two different things. Hearing and following are two different things. So 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then Jesus goes on to say, 
The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Who's the rock? What's the rock? I remember as a child, we had these, the picture Bibles, all right? And I remember, re, I remember very vividly hearing about, we just sang about it, you know, Jesus being the rock. Jesus is the rock. Building your house on the rock, not building your house on the sand. I remember very vividly this picture in this picture Bible of this big boulder, <laughs> this big rock-looking boulder, all right, and a perfect little house sitting right up top. And I was like, that doesn't seem very sturdy. <laughs> and so when I was reading this again, it's, it's a... If those of you know how our house is built, which is probably all of us, there's a firm foundation, a slab of concrete, all right, that keeps the house firm and steady. That's what Jesus is in our life. When we become saved and we base everything that we're going to do, all of our decisions, Pastor was talking about decision making, when we base all of our things and look to Jesus for everything in our life, we build this house on Jesus. We build our life on Jesus. Jesus. And so when things that go that, that we don't want happen, when circumstances don't go our way, when things that are out of our control happen in our life, we're not going to fall. We're not going to crash. We're still going to be standing because our faith is on Jesus, not of the things of this world. You see, when things tend to get hard, we tend to not look to Jesus. <laughs> we tend to look to what the world says of how to cope, how to get through something difficult, how, how when circumstances hit, how we should respond. Uh, students face this all the time. There's this new app called TikTok, all right? <laughs> and TikTok is not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good. But one of the things that I see all the time as students are talking about is that people are leaving Young people are leaving their faith in large numbers because when we get on these apps, when we get on social media, when we go to school or work and we hear what, how people say we should live, it doesn't match up with here. And when the, when pe when the world is telling us how we should live, it sounds easier. It's a quicker fix. It, it it's a, makes our heart happy. It pleases us and pleasures us a little bit more than what Jesus is saying. Um, so Jesus points out the reason the house made it through the storm. It was because the wise man actually did something with what he knew. So in verse 26, it says this, But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So <laughs> we live on the island. You live on the island. You go to the beach all the time. Uh, what happens when you build a sandcastle on the shore and the tide rises? What happens? It washes away. And that's what happens when we build our life and we put our foundation on the sand that's not firm. Our house is going to wash away. Verse 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I love how it says a great crash. It wasn't just a we fell down, we slipped back into our old patterns, is when we build our house on the sand, we are going to get wiped away. It's going to consume us because we have built our house on what the world says and not what the Bible says. And we try and live the way the world wants us to and how our co-workers thinks we should live instead of what the Bible is telling us how we should live. These things, uh, the reasons why we build our house on the sand, the reason why we build our house on the world is because of pressure. It's because of the things that 
add up over time, and living like the world sounds a little better. Maybe it's pressure from home. Maybe it's pressure from work. Maybe you're up for a new promotion and it's causing a lot of stress and anxiety of what you should do. Maybe it's uh, money. Now, I'm newly married and I always thought that when people said money was a reason for divorce, I was like, oh, we got this. (laughs) And it's a lot. (laughs) It's it's, It's a lot of pressure and it can add up and it can make us want to look to the world instead of looking to God. Maybe we see it in our marriage. Students, maybe we see it at school. The pressure of having good grades. Circumstances and pressures rise. But real faith is about doing, not just knowing. So how do we actually have a real faith? How do you do it? All right? Here's how it's super simple. When you know who Jesus really is, it changes everything. When you know who Jesus truly is and you have actually put him on the throne of your heart and you said, God, Jesus, you are the Lord, you're the boss and ruler of my life. And when you do that in your own life, it will change everything. It's about how knowing all of these things changes what you do. I'm going to be really honest for just a second, all right? A year ago, uh, we sent a a group of students from Church of the Island, and we sent them to Weekend 251. And at Weekend 251, we prayed and begged the Lord that we wanted to see revival. And I believe over the past year, our student ministry here at Church of the Island, our student ministry at Cottage Hill and Downtown Church, we have seen it. We have seen it. So I can tell you that God is on the move. But I don't think that the revival should just be withheld with the student ministry. I think that revival is for the entire church. It is for the community of Dauphin Island to experience. And how does that happen? It's time for us to stop living a fake life. And it's time for us to line our hearts up with God and do something to let people know who lives in our hearts. It's leaving these walls and still being a Christian. And it doesn't change when you step in and out of church. It's living your life on mission. James writes this. James 1, verse 22, says, Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Another version says this in the New Living Translation. I love how it puts this. But don't just listen to God's words. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are the only one fooling yourself. That's what it says in the New Living Translation. What does that mean? When we're the only one fooling ourselves. It means that no matter how hard we try to culminate a Christian life and put on a performance, no matter what we do, we're not fooling God. We're not fooling our neighbors. We're not fooling our coworkers because we are based our life on the world and not what Jesus says. We're not fooling them. They can know by the fruit of your life. They can know by the fruit of my life. The point isn't to become perfect Christian performers. The point is this, the people who develop a real, authentic faith of their own are people who learn to hear and apply. How do you apply? What do you actually do? You tell people what's happened. You, 
It's time for us to stop acting like what Jesus did 2,000 years ago has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with us. For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, you and I, every single person in this room has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, for the wages of sin is death. Because of our sin, we deserve eternal punishment. But God, but Jesus didn't want that for us. He loved us too much. So he sent his one and only son, John 3, 16, for God so loves the world that he sent his one and only son to die for us so that we can have everlasting life. For anyone who believes, we can have everlasting life. That has something to do with us. That has something to do with your neighbor. And our mission of life is to live like Christ actually did something and to stop ignoring what the Bible says about what he did. I think it's time for Church of the Island to start praying and asking for revival for this community. And it's not Pastor David's job. It's not Pastor Allen's job. It's our job collectively as the church, promising one another that when we leave this building and we go out into the community, that we are going to live on mission. And that we're going to ask God, Lord, I'm done having a fake faith. I'm done trying to act like I have this perfect life, this perfect Christian life. And Lord, I give it all to you. I give my want to be perfect over to you. And I promise to live on mission. That's the prayer that should be on our hearts tonight. I want you to know that God wants you to have a personal, very real faith of your own. And it takes doing something with what you know in your own life. Bow your heads, close your eyes. As the band makes their way forward, here's the invitation. The next step, maybe you've, you've heard this message and maybe you've heard the scripture that we've been reading tonight and you've, and you've realized that you do not have Jesus sitting on the throne of your heart. You have not acknowledged Jesus' rightful place in your life. And maybe tonight, maybe for the first time, you need to say, Lord, I put my faith in you. Lord, be the boss and ruler of my life. It's very, very easy. All you have to pray is, Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and I have messed up. Lord, I believe what you said you did, that you died on the cross, you rose again to save me from my sins. Lord, I believe that that is who you are. And Lord, I confess with my mouth that you are the boss and ruler of my life. Lord, come into my heart and save me. Maybe that needs to be your prayer tonight. Maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe you've already asked Jesus to come into your heart, but maybe you've, never, you've not taken the very first commandment that Jesus says. And he says, yeah, once you've been saved, go and be baptized. He demonstrated it for us. The very first thing before he started his ministry, he said, Lord, I want to be baptized. He went, to, he went to his cousins like, hey, I need to be baptized before I can start my mission. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe you haven't listened to the very first thing 
that Jesus tells us to do after we're saved. Maybe, maybe it's just, hey, it's time for me to stop living this fake faith. I know who you are, Lord. I have asked you into my heart, but I didn't do anything about it after I asked you into my heart. So maybe tonight you need to say, Lord, I'm done with having a fake faith and I'm ready to go all in. What a powerful thing for a room full of adults to say, Lord, I wanna go all in. I wanna impact this community. What power, that is powerful for a room full of adults and students to say, to say that tonight. That if every single one of us took that charge and took that stand and went into our community, we would see revival. So here's my invitation. I'm gonna be standing down front and if you wanna know about how to become a Christian, how to ask Jesus into your heart, come talk to me. If you need to talk about baptism, come talk to me. But here's, here's what I think the, law, the vast majority of the room needs to do tonight. They need to come to this altar and you need to get on your knees before God and say, Lord, I'm done having a fake faith. If you can't come to the altar, make your seat your altar. But I think as a church, we should spend some time in prayer asking God, telling God we're done having a fake faith. And then this is what I want you to end your prayer with. Lord, bring revival to this community so that everyone on Dauphin Island knows what's happening at Church of the Island. And it's that you are here. You are here with us. say amen, you can come to the altar, you can come talk to me, but I, I, I ask you tonight to make, to do one of those things. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the message that you gave to us 2,000 years ago on the, ser of the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for that message. Thank you that it still rings true for us today on Dolphin Island. Lord, I pray right now that this room is ready to take a stand for you and that we leave this room going all in. Lord, give us courage, give us boldness, help us be brave and help us share what you've done in our hearts. Lord, we love you and we're so thankful for you. And it's your name we pray. Amen.